Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring on Jane Gwynn in just a second here, and we are going to go deep into how to have the sex you've always wanted, even if you are currently sexless. Man, this is going to be a powerful conversation. Jane's been on before. She is just a master at relationships and making them spicy or even spicier, again, if, if you like spicy foods. If you don't like spicy foods, sweeter, super, super sweet and juicy. Before we dive in, I just want to say thank you for being here, for choosing to be your greatest possible self and taking one step at a time especially in the area of relationships, calling in your dream partner and having that wild, crazy, ooey-gooey, gushy love, whatever it is that you value about relationships, about love, about sex, about intimacy, like you deserve it. So thank you for showing up. Next up is our iTunes review of the week. And this week, I believe it's by Clarice. And Clarice says, awesome podcast. Chris, host of Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self podcast, highlights all aspects of business, entrepreneurship, and more in this can't miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Clarice, thank you so much for that review. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream all day long, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store and give us a review. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, and how we can improve the show for you. Thank you so much. I'm going to introduce Jane in just a sec here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because I have a feeling one or two of these golden nuggets could literally, literally transform the destiny of your relationship or relationships forever. So stick around all the way till the end because one idea has the power to change everything. Let's introduce Jane. We'll bring her on the screen. Dr. Jane Gwynn is nationally known as the sex expert with a PhD in human sexuality. She's the author of the number one, uh, Amazon number one bestseller, Too Busy to Get Busy, and the creator of The Lover's Journey, which is based on her transformational bedroom approach. And that's a, that is a, a formula. I think it's acronym for something. <laughs> because Dr. Jane's been married for over 30 years, she understands the challenges. She and her husband have better sex now than they did when they first met. 30 years later, and still crushing it in a good way. Jane, are you ready to rock the house? Absolutely. So glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Jane. This is going to be a fun, uh, exciting, thrilling, adventurous exploration into, into relationships and sex. And we're just going to dive right in. The theme of today is keeping the fire lit. What does that mean for you, Jane? Oh, my gosh. It's so important, Chris, to actually have intentions around our relationship and our sex life specifically, because it's so easy to lose track of that. And there's a legend out there. There's a, it's an urban myth, actually. It's not true that when you're, you get older, as time passes in a relationship, that the fire will just inevitably go down. Mm. Because that's false, literally false. 
Man, I love it. So we're, we're here to break that stereotype, that paradigm, that myth, totally disrupt it and remind people what's possible. Jane, for everyone who's just getting connected with you for the first time, tell us a little bit more about how you're serving your clients today and, and what you're up to these days. Yeah, so I uh, my website is howtofixyoursexlife.com, and that's how people get to me because they feel this sense of brokenness in their relationship or just in their sex life. And um, so they come to me because they want to be able to communicate and to get something really different. And I, I'm honored, deeply honored to help couples and men and women individually. They're gay couples, they're straight couples, they're couples who've been married a year Mm. Couples who've been married 50 years. I honestly, Chris, had a couple been married 50 years wow. in my office. It was a tremendous honor. That's and true. interestingly, they'd only had, each of them had only had one partner. Wow. So they'd, they'd married their first love. They'd never been with anybody else. They'd been married 50 years. What a fascinating wow. relationship they had. And how what an interesting conversation, right? Yeah. I mean, so different than a couple married just, you know, a few months. Yeah. So I, I help couples really create an understanding of who they are individually and together. Wow. Wow. I love it. I love it. Um, I want to talk about, I know, like, like I said, you've been on before, but for everyone who's just getting connected with you, let's talk about when you decided to become a relationship and sex expert. Like, <laughs> why would someone get into that? <laughs> why wouldn't someone get into that? I, Hallelujah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why anybody does anything else. Honestly, I feel like I have the best job, so awesome. that job because yeah. Um, it's just fantastic to be able to talk about these interesting things. And it came to me, though, Chris, in a different way than you might think. I, I haven't done this my whole adult life. I had all sorts of different uh, journeys along the way. But what ended up happening is I, I ended up with six kids, as it turned out. I didn't ever think that would happen. But we have six children. Um, three of them are adopted. Three of them aren't. And we lived in different places in the world. And I was like super mom all about it, you know, all about the soccer, all about the costumes, yeah. PTO, carnival, everything. And the thing that happened along the way is I really forgot about my sensual self. Mm. And so as that, as I kind of gave up on that in myself in a way, I mean, I still had a great sex life with my husband in many ways, but mm. I was just like, I was not focusing. If you take away one message from me today, those of you who are listening, and you too, Chris, I know you have an amazing rocking relationship, but just do not forget this. You can always go to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> um, that there's that we just can't take it for granted. And I yeah. did. And I had a house full of books about kids and craft projects and everything and zero about sex mm -hmm. or relationship because I just had that handle. Wow. Anyway, I almost destroyed my marriage and I ended up going on a journey to figure out what happened to me. Like, how did I become like soccer mom Susie and um, like how could I reclaim my sensuality and so that's where I and you know then I did all sorts of training like we all do yep. and ended up getting my PhD in human sexuality which is a great PhD program gotta say <laughs> and then now you know I, I'm just so honored to work with people around this topic. Wow I'm, I'm, I, I'm, we're just gonna have fun and dive into this I'm curious what benefits because you've explored like every aspect and every like like not everyone there's always always more to learn but a lot mm -hmm. a lot more than most people what benefits sure. do you see that you have over someone who might have kind of a traditional view around sex because I mean, we, we all have different upbringings and mm -hmm. relationships with sex but there's in america especially there's a pretty kind of taboo kind of energy around it what freedom or what benefits do you you see yourself having because you've really dove into it you know, that's a great question, too, because 
when we have these, we, we absorb actually from the culture around us, from our family of origin and from our, our, our the relationship experiences that we have coming, uh, coming along mm-hmm. in our lives, like early relationships, even things that happen in high school can really kind of throw us off because, you know, we're just, we don't know ourselves sexually. Yep. And the problem with that is it's, it's like any other thing that you teach and coach and, you know, share with your guests here on this podcast it's a set of limiting beliefs mm. that we absorb and um, we take these attitudes, values, and beliefs, all of, many of them limiting into the bedroom with us. Yeah. And then we're confronted often by a partner who has you know, similar or equally uh, closed beliefs about him or herself. Sure. And then we try to you know, have this most amazing, erotic, intimate experience and oftentimes, shockingly, it doesn't go well. <laughs> How could that possibly be a thing? It doesn't go well because we expect the other person to maybe make a move. Mm. Uh, maybe I want you to be kind of more aggressive and I'm kind of waiting around and you're like, you want me to kind of hit on you and you're kind of waiting around. And then it's been like six to eight weeks and we haven't had sex. Mm. Happens all the time. Wow. And, I, and then I, we're, uh, we're mad, right? We're, yeah. So your question was, what what is it that when when you can see a bigger field, like what does that bring? It brings this perspective that each of us can have a great sex life no matter what. Mm -hmm. It has to do with communication and shifting our expectations, honestly, Mm -hmm. creating expectations that are aligned to who we are really and being honest, you know, being honest with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. This is is powerful. I really hear a willingness to be like naked with ourselves, honest, naked, you know, totally real and transparent with ourselves and to have these tough conversations and dialogues that may have been like, I don't want to go over there. And it's like, all right, I'm going to have this, this courageous conversation because yeah. if I don't, then I, I, I would be doing myself and everyone around me a disservice because I'm only living like a partial truth of who I actually am. And so I think there's like a willingness to have these kinds of dialogues yeah. with ourselves and with others, our, our partner that just totally frees us up and gives us access to our greatest possible self. Totally true. Completely agree. And it's a willingness to really be seen. Yeah. So I'll start where you started, Chris, like having the conversation first with ourselves and then with another person. Yeah. We have to be willing. You have to be willing to see yourself and see what is actually happening within you as a person sexually Mm. and then create voice which is easier said than done gotta say (laughs) create a voice around what you have found and what you've learned about yourself Mm. and then speak that to your partner in a way that he or she can hear it without somehow being confronted so bring that that conversation into um, reality in an intimate and tender way because you know, it's a kind of a vulnerable thing, <laughs> understatement. <laughs> it is a vulnerable thing. And so then how do you do that? And then be able to like see your other, your par- your partner, like if they don't like something that you really like, or somehow things have gotten clunky, which is like so often true or awkward, awkward. Another one, another word that gets used a lot in my office. It's mm. awkward. Mm. Like, can't do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's so sad because people are so lonely. <laughs> but it's really the good news is it begins with a conversation. It begins with the willingness to look at yourself mm. with honesty and um, really speak it. And sometimes these things that need to be said 
are, you know, really deeply held um, painful things about maybe for a woman, happens for guys too. Something about her body just really feels like she is um, not good enough. And surprisingly enough, women of all kind of types, if you put women up on a board and you took photos of them, it's so interesting that this sense of body shaming really goes across the board. If there are so many women who think, oh my gosh, she's fabulous. There's no way she'd have any body insecurity. Often true that she still does. Mm -hmm. So don't assume because your partner's spoken hot that she doesn't have some insecurity about her body or for, for guys as well. This is, this is beautiful, Jane. I want to talk about seeing ourselves. What, is, what does that really mean to see what is going on, to see the patterns that are coming up, to see like what, like give us some context around how do we actually see? Yeah, so um, I I encourage people to masturbate, okay. self-pleasuring. Okay. I encourage people to get to know their bodies. Now, it's more often than not, men have discovered this practice. <laughs> <laughs> not 100%. But more, <laughs> men have discovered the practice earlier, perhaps. They're a bit more evolved in this area than sure. we women. Yep. But for the, for the women listening, if you haven't discovered self-pleasuring, you are doing yourself and your partner a disservice because mm. – it's only by knowing your own body and what you like that you can begin to understand what you're encouraging your partner to do with you, right? How do we, it's like, I don't know how to get to Costco, you know, but just get me there. You know, this is without <laughs> GPS. This is like you become your own GPS of your body. Wow. It's really important so that you can guide your partner. Mm. Otherwise, like, why are you, why are you not willing to touch yourself? Mm. What is it about your body that feels like you shouldn't? Um, touch it. It's mm. like crazy how we've been taught that. Like somehow there's this little zone yeah. for women <laughs> that is like a no-go zone. Well, I encourage people to, women particularly and more commonly, mm. to really explore and really see themselves in that way. And actually even use a mirror to see yourself mm. so that you can know what what you what your beautiful body looks like. Mm. And and start to release the shame that we've been given as women about our genitals specifically and um, start to let that go. Cause when you do that, you will release so much shame that is existing in a lot of your life. It's mm. the beginning of releasing shame. So that's the first thing. Yeah. It's actually a, what I, what I, what came up for me while you're saying um, like genitals, right? It's like, there's so much terminology around how to describe these parts of our body. And yeah. I was like, okay, so genitals, that's one way. What's another way? Just like in my mind, I was like, okay, there's different ways to say it. And then the next thing that came up is private parts, right? And it's like, uh, okay, so it's private. Who's it actually private to? Sometimes it's private to us, like we, like as it, our own, like, oh, I'm not able to access that. It's almost like just even built into the into the labeling of yes. the body part, it now is inaccessible, you know? Exactly. Totally true. Love that you said that because one of the things I'd love for people who are listening to do just to begin this conversation is have like do a vocabulary review Ooh. about what words you like all the words, you know, about sex, body parts, sexual body parts, everything yeah. write down the whole list, like everything, the crude stuff, the stuff that you, you don't consider crude, yeah. the stuff you like, the stuff you hate, and then kind of create sub lists of the one, the, the words you like, yeah. the words you're kind of neutral on, and the words that are, don't you ever say that to me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and then exchange that list with your partner. Yeah. So you can curate a vocabulary for your relationship. 
Wow. And your dirty talk will go off the chart when you do that. Wow. Because you'll know like how to say the things without like like creating discord, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's some really fun words. I mean, you may not even have thought your your woman would like some of the words or that your guy would like some of the words. You know, you might not have known that like that's hot for you. Okay, good. I'm I'm bringing that. Yeah. It's a, it's a really fun exercise and super easy. You can that's, do it great. anywhere. Anywhere you got either a pad of paper or your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um okay, let's talk about when it comes to communicating with a partner, like how do we engage how do we open up that kind of conversation because i'm sure it could be like you said awkward i'm sure with with your support and you being there as someone either one-on-one or with a couple that's that's obviously going to be the best like of course Mm -hmm. like anyone who's listening watching right now if you have any inkling that you Mm -hmm. want this support and want to have a breakthrough in this talk to jane she's a freaking pro uh and like what is what is necessary to have that conversation open up okay uh well when I work with people, particularly the couples where they're they're almost getting divorced, so a lot of people come to me. They're like, "We're good friends. We've got kids, a dog, uh, get along great. Been to counseling, figured out how to communicate, etc." In many ways, but we can't have sex. You know, sex is just off the table. We become roommates. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a very typical couple, client couple for me, and. Uh, so they don't, the sex thing has become, it's kind of holding all of the difficulty in the relationship and it's very fraught. It's very challenging for them. Mm-hmm. Tons of power struggle there. Mm-hmm. So what I tell these people is until you've learned this communication process from me, don't talk about sex at all. Because if you do, you may completely blow up the relationship. And I've seen it happen where mm-hmm. people are like, well, that's it. We're done. You know, we talked and forget it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because there's a lot of shaming and so many things. Usually people are kind of polarized. One's the high, one's the low mm-hmm. drive person. There's a lot of accusing and, you know, resentment. Mm-hmm. So what I teach people is a seven step process. And the basics around that are to hold an intention of connection, mm-hmm. to make an agreement that some of the things that maybe bug you during communication, like she's always on her phone or <laughs> Like, like, why won't she leave the dog alone? And we're trying to talk. And she's like, you know, what, messing with it. I don't know. Whatever it is. Everybody yeah, has yeah. a thing. She's watching TV. She's on eating. Facebook. Right. Eating. Yeah. Whatever it is. There's something that your person does. And you know what it is. If you're listening, that whatever it is that they do, you make an agreement that you don't do your thing that bugs them. They don't do their thing that bugs you. You find a time and a place when you have like like a nice container where you don't have to rush, nobody's listening. And then you agree that you won't interrupt each other unless it's like going off the track. Like you're going to listen. But if if it turns into a shouting match or some kind of a hurtful thing, you're going to like take a time out and come back because we get worked up, right? And the last thing that I tell people is don't bring your judgment with you to this conversation. Mm. Be honest about what you can hear and um, be non-judgmental to the best of your ability. So, for example, it's really important that we be open to each other, mm. but don't um, don't do this thing what people sometimes do where we're kind of baiting. You might be baiting your partner where you say, "Tell me anything. Do you find her hot?" I mean, honestly, you can <laughs> tell me. <laughs> Like if you had a threesome, would you want to have a threesome with like my friend 
Jenny, no, I think she, you think she's hot, you know, I mean, and then, and then you're like ready to slay the guy when, when he says, oh my God, she's hot. And then, you know, then it's like, I can't believe you said that. Yep. <laughs> be honest. Don't be baiting your person into somehow a trap because mm. a sexual trap can definitely happen. Like mm. this is for you connecting, not to be some kind of a PI or detective on your person <laughs> to figure out if they are actually scheming on Jenny. Oh my gosh. This is, I, I love this. So it's to be able to, um, that intention of connection, like, Hey, we're really going to be there with each other for each other. We're really going to hold a space where we're focused. There's no distractions, time and place. It's sacred. We're not going to interrupt each other. We're going to allow each other to share. And also like that, that honesty of like, I'm going to give myself permission to share what, whatever comes up without like any kind of, um, manipulation intention of like, here, tell me everything that you want to share and then and then like holding it against them well that's that's there's no there's there's no safety in that exactly exactly and that when we get back up to the purpose the intention in your your when you do that and you bait your person you're actually out of alignment with your intention to grow closer and to create more openness and intimacy together right so that is actually out of out of integrity when you do that so like being open and non-judgmental, but also having that, again, knowing ourselves, right? Like if I know that if my husband says, you know, Jenny's amazing, that I'm going to be, have trouble. Mm. Like I need to be honest with myself about what my own capacity is yeah. for hearing and receiving, at least right now, right? Yeah. I may grow my capacity over time, but um, I need to know what my capacity is to yeah. the best of my ability. It's a learning experience, of course. Sure. Sure. Um, something that came up in my mind as you were saying that is the ability to talk about sex and to talk about ourselves as a couple and other couples and like what they do and other people, right? Like sex can be very, okay, it's just about us. And all we talk about is sex, our own sex life, but we never Mm -hmm. talk about it when it comes to anyone else having sex or, you know, attractiveness or other of others. How do you feel that all plays together? I'm sure that there's so many different dynamics to that, but how do you approach that? Well, I, you know, there's, there are lots of different uh, kind of varieties of flavors of that. And so it depends on you. Again, this goes back to you and your partner knowing each other. You know, a lot of people use sexual fantasy about other people either privately or as a couple as kind of an erotic fuel kind of to their relationship. And some people have sexual play outside of their relationship. I was on a stage uh, where we were having kind of a debate about polyamory and monogamy the other day Ooh. in Portland, Oregon. It was really fun. Yeah. And so there's a range of the way that people hold sex within relationship. You might have an open relationship where sex is, you know, sex with other people is, you know, part of what you do. You might have like a polyamorous relationship where not, you're not just having sex with other people, but you're in love with and have relationship with, mm-hmm. you know, parallel to your relationship. Uh, also, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that people kind of co-create these things now. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just the general thing about Jenny, for example, <laughs> or Todd, <laughs> um, I think that the key piece there is uh, compassion mm-hmm. for yourself and for your partner. You know, if you if you like, say, let's say Todd is just like some amazing yogi and like sculpted to the nth degree. And like, you're like, Oh my God, you know, and your guy's a little bit got more of a dad bod mm-hmm. and he's like insecure about that. And you go in there and you're like, Oh my gosh, I was behind Todd today. And like, wow, did you see his chair pose or whatever? <laughs> 
like whatever. Anyway, you and and you know your partner is a little bit like trying to take off weight or or mm-hmm. like trying to sculpt more, or it's a thing. Yeah. But that then that's just there's like a compassion in that. Mm-hmm. So you know there's a lack of compassion. It almost takes on a hurtful energy. Mm-hmm. But if there's something playful between you and only you can know this about your relationship, yeah. where it's like you know. Oh yeah, Todd was there and like amazing, you know, uh, like triangle pose today. And then you're like, and Anna was there and she was like, like wicked too. And like, if it's part of your thing, then right. yeah, do that. Right. It can be really beautiful to start seeing the erotic beings around us because, you know, if we pretend that's not there, sometimes mm-hmm. that can really shut us down from ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that's kind of like enjoying flowers. Yeah, that's, that's that's been one of my own personal like struggles is because like I would say sex and talking about that wasn't wasn't a very free and open discussion in my family. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing right about that. It's just like kind of what was my upbringing. And I have a very, more, very uh, more open mindset about talking about it. Hence why we're talking about it on the show right now. <laughs> you know, Like yeah. I, I'm willing to have these kinds of conversations. And I think a big uh, milestone in my own personal consciousness around sex was saying, hey, like there are beautiful bodies all around. You know, men have beautiful bodies. Women have beautiful bodies. I celebrate that. It's like awesome. It's, It's awesome that there's beautiful people all around. That's great. And I know that my woman holds like such a deeper, more like fulfilling, more juicy, more connected, more soul aligned place in my heart. So for me, it's really just been this journey of like trusting myself, you know, like trusting that, hey, it's okay to recognize the beauty in in this other person or other couple or whatever it might be. And I can, how can I bring that energy back? How can I bring that sensation, that aliveness, that, um, you know, um, what's the arousal back to my girlfriend and Petia so that it stimulates our relationship? So it sounds like there's a lot of different ways that that can be done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And there's a lot of ways that couples who don't want to get naked with other people yeah. can can vibe off and pull off the erotic energy of other people. Yeah. You know, you can get around, you can go to workshops, for example, that don't include um, sexual exercises with other people, but it could be, you know, like tantric workshops or BDSM workshops or other types of embodiment workshops where you get to be in the space of and kind of the energetic field, the erotic mm-hmm. energetic field of other people. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're what I would call clean with your erotic energy, where you know, you're, you're knowing where you are um, with yourself and your, mm-hmm. you and your partner are like really connected and understand each other, then that can be such a amazingly enjoyable thing to do just to kind of like stay in a field where there's turn on because Mm -hmm. our lives really don't welcome turn on all the time. Right. It's not like we go through, like I mentioned Costco, Mm -hmm. like it's not a lot of our lives are really pedestrian. We're doing the the thing. And a lot of us work from home and, you know, there's a lot of the mundane types of chores and other things that we're doing. So keeping ourselves turned on is a huge and important thing. Mm. And it's maybe more important for women because mm. our turn on sense tends to stay high. And when we kind of get it up and going, it'll stay for longer. Whereas men don't have as usually, to, you know, I'm speaking generally sure. here, but generally men are able to get turned on quickly, yep. but then they come back down quickly. Mm. Whereas women, when we get turned on, we can stay in that space longer. So for us to kind of fuel our own fire, mm-hmm. it ends up being better than we're more receptive to a partner when he comes up into a turned on state. How, can, how can a man help keep his partner turned on and how can a woman help 
uh, you know, help her. Let's say it's man keeping a woman turned on and woman keeping a man turned on. And I'm sure it applies for the masculine and feminine, vice right. versa. <laughs> right. Or if it's like two women, two guys. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. these are generalities again. But one of the things that I think is very interesting is the idea of where we hold our erotic energy. Hmm. So for men, and I don't remember if you and I talked about this last time I was here, but we men tend to hold it in their core. Mm -hmm. And from the crown of the head down to the groin, and women tend to hold it in our periphery. So mm -hmm. if you're listening and you want to just stay connected to your guy, it's almost like a, um, almost just like an affirmation, just to kind of cup him or grab him a little bit in in the balls, yep. gently yep. as a like almost like I see you, I know you're there, I acknowledge you. It doesn't mean you want to go have sex that minute, mm. but it's just a way to kind of connect with him at his core because that's where he lives, right? Wow. But if yeah. you do that to your woman, for most women, we just are like... <laughs> Too fast! <laughs> Too fast. <laughs> like I'm washing the dishes. <laughs> but, we, <laughs> but remember, we're in the periphery, so wow. like you can rub our shoulders, yep. right? This yep. makes us feel welcome. We like mm. it when you touch our head and our neck. Mm. We love it when you touch our hands. Mm. and our feet i mean how many women don't like having their feet rubbed like, women love that stuff yeah. and it's a way that you can without being like overtly sexual right then it's just a way to acknowledge that i see you and i know that this is where you're living so you, then you're going to bring the energy into the mm. core and then she's going to love it if you're yeah. touching you know all of her but you want to give her you want to let her it's almost like you don't have kids but when you take kids to the playground mm -hmm. And um, they've been having a great time swinging on the swings, et cetera. And then, you know, it's time to go home because the pizza's in the oven or whatever. So you tell them, if you're smart, you give them a warning. Like mm. you let them know it's time to transition. Mm. And that's what you're doing for your woman is like, as you start to touch her in these like non-core places, but still places that are erotic for her, yep. you're telling her, you're kind of inviting her and giving her this sense of like, hey, I see you. I, mm. I feel you. I'm thinking about you, you put your hands up on her shoulders and like get her, your hands up underneath her hair. Oh yeah. He knows that you like are like you're feeling it. And same thing when she touches you, even if she doesn't touch you in the groin, she touches your chest, she, you know, and then of course kissing mm -hmm. is where those two places interact. Mm -hmm. So kissing is like the ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the ultimates. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, this is, this is great. So men really, it's like, you know, even just a, a brisk kind of touch on the balls yeah. or, you know, package yeah. like, yeah. Hey, uh, I, you're sexy. You're hot. I see yeah. you. Uh, you're, you matter to me. Right. That's like what yeah. a man might say is like, Oh man, I, I am, I am the man. I am the king in this relationship. Yeah. And then when the man like does the, the hands or the hair or yeah. whatever it might be, then it's like, the woman kind of just melts into that feminine energy. So the man, man, man kind of stiffens and stands mm -hmm. in his power and yeah. rock. And then yeah. the woman kind of melts and is like, Oh yeah. yes. Like that's, yeah. that, that's what warms her up. Exactly. And then for the guy, you can, you can like bring his energy out of the core into the periphery. Right. So men often like really like massage. If you're massaging your lover, mm -hmm. then you can take your hands from the, from the groin up, through the chest and into the arms. And then he's starting to expand. So he's not just, you know, 
centered on his right. genitals. Right. He, and what ends up happening with a lot of men is because masturbation tends to be very brief and porn oriented, mm -hmm. it tends to be kind of constrict that the sense of eroticism, sure. you know, gets smaller and smaller. And it's almost like it's getting like just right down to the genitals. There's yeah. nothing else involved. Whereas mm -hmm. you want to bring your man out into his whole being. Mm -hmm. And have like his energy expanding so that he's, I mean, his orgasms will be much better as well. Mm -hmm. The whole experience will be better rather than just leaving everything um, to be genital focused, right? That's, that's great. So I, I hear even in sex to, to yeah. expand it out. I love how you said it'll, the experience of the orgasm will be even more pleasurable. Yeah. So a man mm -hmm. would want to have more sex potentially if he yeah. has more, more enjoyment in it. Cause some, some men, I know even at times myself, it's like, okay, like let's go have sex because that's what we're supposed to do. You know, like, okay, let's go, let's go get complete on yeah. this sex, right? <laughs> Completion. Yeah. Yes. Finish. Run through the finish line. <laughs> And there's a, um, you know, there's more of an experience that we yeah. can bring to it so that it's, it's more playful, it's more fun, it's more fulfilling, mm -hmm. and even has a longer residual effect in yep. our life, in our career, in our spirituality, in our health, in our whatever, you know, like it, it starts to radiate out into all these areas of life too. Totally, 100%. And you touched on something, Chris, that is really critical there. And that is, like I mentioned orgasm, that it makes it a better orgasm, which is great. I mean, nobody hates to have a better orgasm. It's awesome. But, but the thing that I hope that you that anybody who's listening takes away is the sense that expectations related even to orgasm, even to, you know, quotes, getting your woman off. Like men are like that we've been trained, like you've got to, you know, she comes first, that whole thing, right? There's this whole thing like pressure on the guy. Yeah which then puts pressure on the woman, which oftentimes causes faking from women, honestly. Sadly to say, there's a lot of women who are not actually experiencing orgasm, but want their partner to feel good about it, so they pretend, right? A little easier for a woman than a man. Yeah. So, But when you take away the expectation and you just allow it to be playful and erotic, even for your own orgasm, that you don't have to come during sex, that it's not necessary to check all the boxes or even like the scripted boxes of, you know, all the different positions and activities that you might participate in. Right. You don't have to do that. When you take that away, it's a totally different experience mm. because it's it's just bigger, right? Yeah. It isn't, it doesn't have to, I'm not saying you have to, do this every single time. Sometimes people just want a cookie. That's fine. Sure, sure. But it's it's just an invitation to remove the expectations of like what you are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is great. I love it. Um, I think that's uh, that. I love I love what you said there because a lot of times we feel like we're supposed to fulfill a role, some kind of you know like expectation that this is what sex means it's what it looks like so um i think that that vocabulary what you said earlier like here's the vocabulary that we can use we can also ask like you know what what does sex look like to to each other what what is important in sex like how do we have the best sexual experience and oftentimes that, that can take some awkwardness or vulnerability to even open up that conversation um, but i i was also thinking about like different um, situations, scenarios, role-playing, toys, things like that, that we can bring in. Can you tell us a little bit more about your perspective on that, Jane? Yeah, totally. Well, and, and another one part of that, let's, so 
you said situations to start out with. I yeah. love situations. <laughs> I love role play, toys, the whole thing. There's so many things that you can do in your relationship. Yeah. But situations is an interesting one because people have different kind of spaces, like what I refer to as sexual spaces where they yeah. want to be together. Mm. And um, you were mentioning the, the bedroom approach. The second one is environment. That's really true for a lot of us that like we get bored partially because mm. we're in the same exact situation in the bedroom it's at night and that's the only time or place we ever have sex and it becomes boring it becomes too routine for a lot of people now some people like it like that but it may be true that your partner doesn't like to have the same location they might want a different situation and for people who have kids like I oftentimes will encourage moms and dads who have kids, like the kids, are, like they're, they're asleep. They, you know, go in the garage and you can get in your minivan and have an amazing time. <laughs> because it. it's like raw, it, like you're yeah. not supposed to. And, you know, yeah. that whole thing about like, what are we doing in here? I mean, it, it, it should be fun too. Like we make it so serious. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like this is a fun activity. You aren't supposed to like if it's just work then call me because honestly it's a fun activity and it's free (laughs) yeah plus plus i think the situations environments like we talk a lot about the house but where are other places outside you know even going renting a a hotel or on vacation in this new foreign place like what for me i know with me me and petia like our erotic uh stimulation is up when we're in new places because it's like hey it's like a new environment it's stimulating it's fresh it's fun to to do something new here yeah, completely. And some people like it outside. They like yep. it on, you know, like they like to go camping and have sex. They like to be on some bike ride and get off the road and go have sex. They like to have sex in their vehicle, you know, like somewhere else, not in the garage. There, you know, there are so many people, you know, well, we could just, we could list the places that people have sex. Like, and we could spend a very long time. Spend all day. <laughs> That's because it's it's makes us feel alive when yeah. something happens. It's a little out of the norm. Yeah. We don't like the feeling that it's it's uh, regimented, mm. right? That we and this is true for men, uh, women actually, mm. more than men. Okay. There's interesting studies that show that women ha- require more variety sexually than men, and that mm. when men have one, they have a partner. They have regular satisfying satisfying sex with that person. Like over time, they're good. Women tend to get bored. Mm. And it, there are people who have ideas about this. Like women are hunter gatherers. We like to go out there and get the berries and from our you know previous human history that we were out there, you know, figuring out where the berries were today or tomorrow. So we like variety. Mm. And one of the reasons our libido goes out uh, and we say we're low libido, it's not because we don't have a libido. It's because we don't want the sex we're getting, right? Mm. A lot of times people will say to me, mm. you know, I don't have a libido, but I have orgasm while I'm sleeping. Like wow. women will say this, adult women. And not, or not men. Have, men can't have orgasms while they sleep. Oh, <laughs> that's more known to us, right? Yeah. We know that about wet dreams and guys having orgasms while they're sleeping. But women who are reporting a low libido, yes. no yeah. sex life, like I just don't want to, you know. They at night they're having these amazing orgasms during their dreams. Wow. So it's not that they don't want to; they're not turned on or mm. a- available. It's just that what's happening is like a is not working. Mm. Yeah. So different places. Yes, you could go to sex clubs. Mm. Um, you can go to sexy clubs. Yeah. Um, 
and I think hotel sex is highly recommended. Mm. If there's something about the, these spaces, I don't know if there's something like in the hotel feeling because like, like the fact that these other people have been there, maybe we pick up on mm. scent. I think it, it has a lot to do with like the way the rooms are set up and yeah. they're designed for relaxation with those amazing sheets. Mm. And so we end up feeling more um, available sexually when we get there. We aren't seeing like the laundry or whatever else is happening at home, right? Yeah. So we're released to that, we're relaxed. Uh, vacations are obviously good times for sex, but I'll tell you what, there are a lot of people who do not go on vacation together because they're not having sex. So they will mm. not go. Wow. Mm -hmm. Because it, then it really is awkward if you're in like uh, in <laughs> or they bring friends. This yeah. is another thing. Or the kids and they share a room, even if the kids are like 18 and 20. Yep. Yeah, it happens all the time. I want to talk about kids and how the impact of that on a relationship from a couple who didn't have kids before, maybe they're having lots of sex or, you know, just whatever that evolution is. Lots of things can happen. But what do, what do you typically see are some challenges with having kids and how do you support your clients in creating more intimacy and sex with kids? Sure. Well, a lot of, you know, one of the things about sex and um, pregnancy, like let's say this is a couple where there was pregnancy involved. Um, cause I've done it both ways, yep. uh, but still, even without pregnancy, having a new baby is just very impactful for women wow. and, and for men. But because if the woman is nursing, yeah. then there's so much physical contact with her body and there's so much time just in holding the infant that a lot of kind of the sense of being, wanting to be touched is really filled mm. by that baby. In fact, lots of moms just want to get some space, like wow. literally. Wow. literal space. Yeah. So that's a huge challenge for uh, both people and, and one that just needs to be managed with compassion mm. over time. And it doesn't have to be a male-female relationship for this to be true. Mm -hmm. It can be, I have uh, spoken recently with a client couple who where they're both women mm -hmm. and it's the same thing. So it's yeah. not about the guy doesn't understand. It's one person has given birth and is nursing. Yeah. And that's very impactful on her body. She may feel like her body is not the same. It, it, it often isn't exactly the same. She may feel a lot of shame around that and be unwilling to, for you to see her body after she's had a baby in, mm. in the same way. Mm. She may want to hide. It's really profound because we've given women this kind of like image of how what beautiful is. Yeah. So if her breasts have changed a little bit or there's something else happening, she has stretch marks on her tummy. Something's happened in her body where she doesn't feel like the same person. Hmm. She needs to redevelop herself sexually as this new person. Hmm. And and that can be really hard for a partner because you might feel like, you know, she doesn't care about you anymore or like hmm. is our life over. You know? yeah. We're never, you know, now that we have this baby, everything's ruined. Hmm. And then that can be really hard for both of yeah. you. Right. Yeah. So what, what can a man do or the opposite sex do for the woman who went through that experience to support her through um, rediscovering, re-nurturing that sexuality for herself? I recommend people get some space for the woman. So yeah. like supporting her to get someone to take care of the baby so she can sleep, yeah. right? Yeah. And reconnect with herself sexually. Hmm. Being very understanding and compassionate is really important in this case. Yeah. And um, like, I know you can't, if you haven't had a baby in your body, you can't, even if you're a woman, you cannot understand what it feels like. And it's not true that 
all women understand each other either because people have very different birth experiences. Oh yeah. Like, so you could go from the woman who kind of goes, Oh, oh I think the baby's coming, you know, like, and that's it right. to the woman who's like labor for four days and gonna, you know, like, like all this stuff happened. Right. And you don't know who you're going to be. Yeah. That's the thing you don't know. And it's, it doesn't show from the outside. So but you're, when you know your woman has had this baby, they can bring a huge amount of compassion and try to realize like, this is like, it's like alien in a way, like the yeah. movie, like, you know, this thing was in your body. It's like, when you realize it's too big to get out in any kind of reasonable way, it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, how did this happen? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> so, you know, it's really, it's really a profound thing. And of course mm -hmm. we love it. La, 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 la. But it's, it's challenging, super yeah. challenging. So you got to bring your compassion and then, you know, help her get away from the house mm -hmm. or get a sitter, yep. somebody you trust, somebody she can relax with. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I do have a funny story about my husband, like taking me away for a weekend this one time. Yeah. And he's like, everything's great. He got me a massage. We had a baby at that time. We had a bunch of kids and one of them was a baby. Yeah. And he's like, everything's great. We're going to go to this beautiful hotel. And I said, oh, that's so nice. He took me up from the massage and he said, I said, so who's got the kids? And he said, Rachel. And I said, Rachel. And he said, uh-huh. She's got it all under control. I said, she's 13. <laughs> She was our daughter. <laughs> She's got everything organized, yes, and her yes. cousin's there. Yes. And I said, "She's also thirteen. <laughs> Take me home. <laughs> Whatever it takes." <laughs> it was, like that doesn't work. Like you got to make her feel comfortable and have yes. it be legal. Hashtag right. that wasn't legal. <laughs> so I'm like, no, 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 no. The, right. You know your woman, and make sure she can actually relax. Like. Yeah. Get an adult <laughs> or somebody who can really take care of your baby so that she can actually like show up for you because she wants to be that. She wants that. Like, yeah. It's part of her that she's leaving behind when she just becomes like only a mom. Mm. Mm. Powerful stuff. Powerful, powerful conversation. I, I think especially for me, like we don't have kids yet, but I'm super grateful to be having this conversation to be better prepared and equipped to have her you know, experience herself as, as the queen, no matter what happens, right? With kid, without kid, after kid, before kid, it's like, yeah. how does she really feel that way? And so to design, um, you know, vacations, experiences, retreats, whatever, and make sure I'm, I'm preparing for what does she care about when, you know, we go on a vacation. What does she want to know? What does she want to feel about, you know, a one or two day vacation? What is the, what does she want to know about the baby and what's happening in the status with the baby? And of course I, I care too. And like to put myself in her shoes or just like communicate with her, Hey, what is important to you? If, if I want to give you this experience, I want you to know that you're taken care of and I still love you and value you. I want you to feel beautiful. And what would need to happen to, to really check all the boxes so that you can be free so that you can have that real um, peace of mind and kind of disconnect to reconnect with yourself. And you. Yeah. And me. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. Because it's going to be really important for you to know that she's still there. Yeah. That she, that woman mm. you love is still there. Yeah. And for women who are in a relationship with a man, mm. that's huge for you is to make sure that your partner 
and this is true if your wife if your wife is a lesbian woman and you you are the person who's given birth, it's really important that you show your partner that you still see them as a sexual being. It's mm. huge. So I hear like affirming, affirming that they're still sexy and I'm still turned on by you. And, you know, I love this. And I, I think it's just really taking, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I love every single thing about you, which can maybe real unrealistic in some situations. Like men have probably have a, a transition coping phase as well with a, a new body. So it's like, hey, yeah. what what is something that I still love about you? And I can really just highlight that. And it's, it's like one of the most sexiest parts about you. And really, like, yeah. if, if that is it's what's needed in that transition phase, then use what's there, what is still true, you know? I agree completely, because um, you're, it's going to turn out well. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of times when the, the partner of this woman, the, this guy, has a lot of fear that, mm. like, what if I'm not turned on to my wife anymore? What in the hell happened mm. to her? You know, like, what? Like, how did that happen? Mm. Is this how she's always going to look? Mm. Like, oh, what if I can't tell her she's beautiful anymore without lying, right? Mm. Like, it's scary. Yeah. But just have faith. It's like when you have a kid and the kid – is like they say, if you like your kid when he's 11, you're going to like him when he's 19. Like it's, <laughs> it's a phase. Yes. It's be okay. And try, honestly, try, uh, try to not say anything with a value judgment about mm. her sexual body parts. Mm. Period. Like, just it's best, I think, if you just let that kind of evolve mm -hmm. for a while. So you don't say something, you know, like uh, like some evaluative thing. Like, you know, considering how much your breasts are sagging, they look still look pretty good. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know whatever. Right. People say some things that sure. I hear about. Sure. Not helpful. Like, yeah. just sometimes it's best to just, like, hold your own counsel and realize this woman brought brought my baby, our baby, into the world through her body. What a magnificent thing that is. What a gift. What a challenge for her. And we're going through this, and the, the beauty has different times, right? It's, oh, yeah. It changes. It's a shifting beauty. But it's very abrupt. Mm -hmm. So for you as a guy, it might be hard because you're kind of shocked that your wife is you know, postpartum, which is a challenging thing. But you know th that lasts not that long. So mm -hmm. just kind of get through that and then like, okay, we're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep going it's going to be okay it's but good. just try watch your words because sometimes um that again get the kindness and the compassion and communication mm. you know talking about and what you said chris is really perfect like seeing the beauty and and bringing out the beauty mentioning the beauty because she'll believe you mm. she will not believe you if you're lying because mm. again i mentioned that women kind of fake and we expect Men to fake too. I don't think men fake as often, but in, um, so anyway. And if she says, you know, like we, if you're a woman listening, don't ask your guy like a question that he has to lie about mm. or hurt your feelings. Mm. Don't do that. No. And you know? I, I think you know, for me as a man, I would, I would just like open up dialogue about it and just ask like, hey, how are you feeling? Like, what, what, what's going on? Just share with me what is your experience about your body, and I think that will create the most freedom for her and as, as a man just listening. And if, if like she says something that's like completely a, a, a de deprecating statement about her and it's like totally untrue, it's like, babe, like 
come on, like, why would you say that about yourself? You're still amazing, you know, just like be there to listen. And any time that it's true, like total reassurance of if she's be exaggerating or, you know, totally like being being negative or pessimistic or, or um, cynical, babe, come on, like, yeah, stop that, you're, you're, <laughs> that's totally, that's excellent. That's totally true. What you should do, and the listening and listening to her experience is is gigantic too. Mm. And um, just being a receiver for that, so that she has someone she can talk to about what how she feels, yeah. uh, because it's it is so powerful. And um, and also knowing that, um, yeah, that she's been this this beautiful kind of chalice for this infant, and she brought this through her. And there's mm. something extremely sacred about that so when you're hearing you're hearing this this person who's brought forth life which is a gorgeous thing mm. Mm. jane this is gold i want to start to wrap it up with like if there's anything we haven't touched on yet that you feel has been coming up for you with the couples that you've been working with or just about intimacy sex relationships um anything that's like just jumping out at you right now that your soul's like ah oh, gotta gotta share this anything yes, like that Yes. So um, what I've been noticing lately, Chris, is that at the core, sex problems are power struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have power struggles in all sorts of our parts of our lives. But it's so interesting to me that when sex becomes challenging, underneath the sex thing, or even like right in the sex thing, is this fascinating power struggle. Like, I'm not going to do you because mm-hmm. of whatever. Right. or you won't ever have sex with me, which makes me not be willing to do something else for you. Mm. And there's this incredible sense of like polarity that's happening. And both people, it's like they're pulling on a, a tug of war. True. Right. It's, it's, and when, okay. So if this is you, the thing to do, like if you're on back on your heels, I'm a yoga teacher in training right now. So I'm all about like, like grounding. So if you're coming back on your heels in one of the yoga positions, if you're a yogi a little bit, you're just shifting back. You don't have to step back, just shift forward, right? Shift forward. Just lean in a little bit. It, and I'm talking metaphorically now in your sex life, just give a little bit towards your partner, do something a little bit that they might like in terms of your sex life. And I don't know what that is because I don't, I don't know you, but, uh, and it will let that, that rope just fall mm. and soften a, a tiny bit. And that's enough right there to maybe then have the conversation. Open right? Because when you are in this power struggle, it's impossible to melt as a woman. Mm. And it's impossible to be able, comfortable receiving because you're kind of a, in a struggle. That energy, energetic struggle. So that's my last piece of advice that I suggest. Like, think about it. Is this a power struggle? And how do I actually soften a little bit from both sides? Mm. And then maybe have a conversation kind of like what we talked about earlier. Wow. Jane, that what a what a like just powerful powerful like spotlight of awareness because i think a lot of couples especially a lot of people who are tuning in on the marathon and like we want to be our greatest possible self and we have very uh, opinionated perspectives on how we do that (laughs) and what our lives look like and uh, i know it, it can probably be difficult to come together and to like 
share a common vision or communicate that at times because we both have big things that we're, we're up to in our lives, in our relationships, in our careers, things like that. So I think it's it's really, really powerful. And I know that there's people out there who want to keep growing with you, Jane. They want to find out more. They want to have a conversation, connect with you. How do they do that? Well, you can visit me at my website, howtofixmysexlife.com, or you can text me at 612-802-1878, and we'll set up a time to call to talk on the phone. I love talking about sex, so like I could do it all day long. Luckily, I do do it all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. At the beginning, I was like, you know, why, why would you get into sex? It's like, why wouldn't you get into sex? <laughs> like, talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's so... I'm sure it's so, um, number one, rewarding, like the difference that you're able to make in couples and like their destiny, literally changing their destiny for their relationship, um, saving marriages and um, keeping families together, you know, like at the brink of uh, coming apart and also just just to be curious and like be in this play and this fun of like, I wonder what what new flavor is going to come up today. Absolutely. Well, there's another thing I wanted to tell listeners, Chris, and that is I have like a guide to how having the perfect kiss on my website. So jump on over there and you can get the five steps to the perfect kiss on the front page. Yeah, kissing is good. Recommend. It's it's juicy. I love the word juicy. It's 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 fulfilling, juicy, fun, and you are you're a rock star, Jane. Thank you so much for being here. Really was a delight. Bye bye. See you soon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or If you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, Tap into your flow and take massive action. Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.